Our God is an awesome God. Well, it's good to see you all. I miss seeing you. Hallelujah. If you don't know who I am, you're, I'm your associate pastor. Hallelujah. I'm Pastor Dave. I come from the north. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're, we're starting to have some folks over there as well and in service and we're online. Welcome to all of you who are watching tonight via satellites, however you're getting the word and however you're coming. We thank God for your presence and we thank you for your continued support of this vision and this mission. Pastor William, Pastor Ginger, I don't know if you're watching tonight. I hope you're having a great time down in Florida. We miss you and, and we can hardly wait for you to come back. They'll be back on Sunday. Amen, amen. But it's good to see all of you, hallelujah, in the house of the Lord. Amen. 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 Let's turn in our uh, swords over to Leviticus and the 26th chapter. And let's begin in verse 3. Hallelujah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I know. You're a whoop, whoop, whoop church. Hallelujah. You know, the word of the Lord is... Um, is astounding and it tells us the word has every single thing that we need in it to accomplish every single thing that God has placed before us that we should do and that we should have and here in Leviticus God is speaking to his people and remember that this is early on when God made them his people these are people who were called out remember much as we were called out from the crazy lives that we were living and from the pagan, you know, kind of lifestyle that, that I certainly was living. Perhaps you were in that way too, walking in darkness and in ignorance. And, and so in the book of Leviticus, what is happening is that God is speaking to the people and he's letting them know something in particular. He says, I'm telling you, here's how I need you to live. And if you will live this way, then I will give you things. I will give you promises and I will keep my promises and I will grow you up and I will make you a great people. But listen carefully to the word of the Lord. This is Leviticus 26, 3, and I'm reading in the NIV, the New International Version. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands. So we have to stop right there. That word at the very beginning, the if... IF is often found when God is establishing his word and his covenant. He says, if you do this, he says, then I'll do this. Now, that's how all contracts work. That's how all covenants work. But it's so important for us to understand that the if is very, very much an important part of our process. He says, if you follow my decrees and if you are careful to obey my commands, and in the middle of that sentence, it says, are careful to obey my commands. This is not just a skimming. This is not just a kind of lackluster. This is not just a sort of. He says, if you are very, very careful. You know, if you were going to sign a contract, and the, the contract, I remember the very first time that Barbara and I uh, bought a home. It was in 1976. We were in, living in Columbia, South Carolina. And it was a beautiful home. And it was $50,000. And it was a beautiful tri-level. It was a, just a beautiful home. 
$50,000, I had no idea how much money there, that was. I, I, you know, in, in 1976, that was like, two, may as well be $2 million. And I remember we were sitting in the, uh, we're standing in the kitchen, and the real estate person was there, and, and there was a, a, a stack of papers, uh, very, very thick, and, and we were going through, and we were signing every single one. And I remember how seriously I took that, because it was $50,000. Oh my gosh! <laughs> he, you, you can, you, 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 you know, their cars cost more than than that now these days. But I remember, and I, and and I remember listening very carefully to every single thing that that real estate agent said. And though I didn't understand one word I was reading, I was trying to understand every single word because I was signing at the bottom of every single page. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is the most serious thing I've ever done in my entire life. Well, that's how it is with God. You see, we need to be really paying attention to God's word. He says, if you follow my decrees. Well, do you know what his decrees are? Do you know what his command, not just his Ten Commandments, but do you know what God is asking and therefore commanding that we do? And if you're walking with the Lord and you are prospering, then the answer to that is, yeah, you, you more than likely, absolutely now, on, a, on a, an individual day, there, there may be moments, I have moments like this, where I'm not perfect. Amen. I'm not perfect, which means I still do dumb things and say dumb things and act in dumb ways sometimes. And my goal today, this is, this is what I, I, my goal today is to try to shorten the distance between making the mistake and getting it fixed. That's the only goal I have is to get, make that as short as possible. Because I know I'm going to make the mistake, but I want to make it fixed as soon as I can. Amen. But the Lord says, if you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, listen to this. He says, I will send you rain in its season. Now, you, what, you know what rain is to the ground? It's everything. Because without rain, the ground can't prosper. Nothing can grow. We have had periods in Tennessee, and usually in August and September, not so much this year, but in August and September where we have drought and, and my, my yard, which is filled with trees and bushes and plants and flowers and all of that, I have to go out with the hose every single day and water them. And, you know, the plants know the difference between hose water and rain. Oh, yeah, you can water all you want to with that hose, and you'll get some response. But the first day of rain, that stuff will just pop up and be beautiful again. See, it knows the difference. The ground knows the difference between water and rain itself. He says, I will send you rain in its season. So when you need it, when you need the rain, when you need the soil to be enriched, when you need it to come alive, when you need things to be growing, I'll send the rain at that time. And he says, and then the ground will yield its crops and the trees their fruit. In other words, everything that you've been waiting on will just start popping up for you. Now this all depends on if you keep his decrees and are careful to obey his commands. And then listen to this, verse 5. Your threshing will continue until grape harvest. So what that means is while, while you're in the midst of, of preparing the food to be eaten, while you're in the midst of taking care of business, and by the way, this, is, this, is, this has been supplied for you, he says, he says your grapes will begin to harvest. So even before you finish using up what you're using up, more will begin to pop up. 
See, before you even get hungry again, that stuff will be ready to be brought into the house to feed you. That, that, that's how God works. See, God is not somebody, he's not just a supply and demand kind of being. He won't just meet your every need. He will ex exceed your every need. Remember, the Bible says more than you can imagine. Immeasurable, he talks about it. So this says that while you're, while you're still putting the groceries on the shelf, more groceries are being backed up to your door. The, the, the supply will be endless. There'll never be a gap. He says, and the grape harvest will continue until planting. So you'll keep bringing stuff in until the time, even before you put the seed back out again. So there's this, this incredible cycle that's going on. You will have plenty. You will have every single thing that you need. Now, you know, a lot of people sort of knock this and they say, well, that's just nonsense. You know, God doesn't say anything about, you know, people call it and name it and claim it. I've been, you know, living with that phrase since, you know, since the 80s when I came back to the Lord and this prosperity message and, and all of that. I don't care what label anybody applies to it. I just know what this says right here. I don't know what the word just said to me. I don't know what it just said to you, but I know what it just said to me. And it says that I will not struggle if what I do is seek the Lord with all my heart. If I go after him and I go after it, man, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm digging in. I'm digging my heels in. If that's what I do and I'm trying every way that I can to live a righteous whole life, if that's what I'm doing or seeking God, he says, I will take care of you. And there'll be no gaps. You won't have to wait a couple of weeks. You won't be live, living, as we say, you know, you know, hand to mouth. You won't be living paycheck to paycheck. I'll make sure that you have every single thing that you need. And on top of that, I'll even throw in some stuff that you desire. I'll throw in some stuff you want. Now, God will do that. He'll throw in some things that you want. In the middle of your need, he'll throw in something. You're just like, no, isn't that just really sweet of God. I had no idea that that was coming my way, but how cool that he would just take care of me that way, that favor on top of all that. Your threshing will continue until grape harvest, and the grape harvest will continue until planting, and you will eat all the food you want and live in safety in your land. Now, this is really important right now, isn't it? Because we're living in a time when there's a lot of fear out there, this whole COVID thing has got people, you know, pretty upset. And there's a lot of fear in the land. This right here says you will live in safety in the land if you seek me with all your heart. It means that things won't come to your door. It means that things won't touch your body. When I go to sleep every single night, I pray this. I say, Lord, I thank you for healing my, and I'm talking about Barbara and, and me. Thank you for healing our bodies from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet, taking care of, in other words, healing things. I don't even know if I need healing, I'm t and I'm thanking him for it. I'm smart enough to know that there may be things going on that I don't know about. God is healing me. And then I say, and, and, and not one drop, not one drop of COVID can touch our bodies. You're like, well, that's pretty, that's pretty audacious there, Pastor Dave. That's exactly right. It says right there, I will live in safety in the land. This stuff, I, I, I'm like in a bubble wrap. You know, it, 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 it can come close to me. And by the way, you know, Barbara's teaching and, and, and I'm out and about as well. And, but she's in the classroom every single day. And it has come close to us. You know, Psalm 91 talks about that. You'll see it happening all around you. 
but it won't come nigh your door. Right? If, if what? If you are following my decrees and are careful to obey my commands. So there's a condition. It's not that hard to do. When I finally woke up back in 1986 and surrendered my life back to Christ, it really wasn't that hard to live the life that God was asking me to live. It actually was easier than the crazy life that I was living because it was hard to keep up with everything I was doing back in, that, in those days. You remember what those days were like? When you used to say things and you, then you, you, you were like, well, uh, see, did I say that last time I told them that or did I tell them something different last time I told them that? And you, you, keeping up with all of the lies and the crisscrosses. You know, Edgar Allan Poe said, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. And the, and the, and the Bible says our heart is full of deception. So, so when I stopped living that way, my life got a whole lot easier actually. And then I began to eat on the fruit of the land that God began to provide me. And then I began to see, and not only that, I began to expect God to do what he said he would do in his word. I hope you do that. I hope you expect God to fulfill his promises in your life. I hope you expect God to be God in your life. Amen. Now, along with these conditions, there's a couple other things that we need to look at. Let's go over to Hosea. I know you spend a lot of time in the book of Hosea probably. Hosea chapter 8 and verse 7. Now there are warnings. The Bible warns us, and that is a good thing. We need to be warned. We need rules. Yes, we do. If we removed all the rules, we'd be in a heap of trouble. But God has been very careful, and he's been very honest with us, and so he sets out the stipulations. He lets us know, okay, here are some things now that you need to pay attention to. And in Hosea 8, 7, it says, they sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. My God, that is exactly what I used to live. I had no idea. You know, I've been saying this, and you've been hearing Pastor Williams say this. I hope you've really got this deep, deep down inside, but you will have what you say. You will have what you say. Regardless of whether you know that you will have it or not, you will have it. When stuff comes out of your mouth, that, first of all, Jesus said, that's what's inside of you. Okay, so that's what you believe. That's how you're acting. That's, that's who you are. And when that stuff comes out of you, it's revealing who you are. But the Bible says you will have what you say. So you better be really conscious. And in terms of this, it says they, they sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. It's not something casual that's going on. Whatever you're planting, whatever you're doing right this minute is huge tomorrow. Yeah, everything you do. You didn't know this, but when you were a little tiny baby and the first time you stood up on your feet and were able to run across the living room, your parents thought that was the most wonderful thing they'd ever seen in their lives until you reached the teenage years. And then they wished you'd never gotten up. They wished that you had just stayed in that crib and stayed quiet. And, and not, not bring all the chaos into their lives that you're bringing into their lives now. And then by the time you were 20 or 25, I guess I'm talking to most people. I got some kids back there who I guess I'm speaking prophetically. But by the time you're 20 or 25, you think you own the universe. You think you know everything. And look at all of the things that you have done for the time you stood up for the very first time. 
and ran across the living room until age 25 or 30 or where I am. I'm 73 now. And all, every single day I've made decisions. Every single day I've done things. Every single day I've said things. And every single thing that I did changed the direction of the next day. See, everything that I sowed was planted and everything I did was going to reap, I was going to reap a certain harvest. Sometimes we're surprised when we have to go through hard times and, and, and we forget that we sowed that. That we're the ones who actually put that in the ground. And until those weeds can be plucked up, until they can be pulled up, until they can be exterminated and gotten out of there, then that is what you're going to reap. And it says here, if you, if you sow the wind, you're going to reap the whirlwind. Now let's go over to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. And this is that same kind of statement now in the New Testament. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man, woman, a person will reap what they sow. Whatever you put in the ground, you're going to reap that harvest. It's going to come into your lives. I want to talk tonight about sowing and reaping. I know you've heard this kind of message before, but I want to try to say it in a way tonight where it really is getting our attention in the season that we live in. You see, there's a lot of fear seed being planted right now. There's a lot of fear seed. There's, there's a lot of um, confusion seed. You know, we're going into this, uh, this election coming up in a, in a couple of days. I am one, I'm, I'm going to be really grateful when it's over. Aren't you? I'm just like worn out just from, from, the, from the volume. <laughs> it's important. I pray you're voting. I hope you are going to do that. I hope you're, if you haven't already, I hope you show up on, the, on Tuesday and that you do that. That is your right. It's your privilege. It's important for you to do that. And, and remember that your vote is a seed. <laughs> and, 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 you, and, and whatever you plant in that box, that ballot box, you, you'll be reaping that. All right, so pay attention to that as you go in there, amen, if you haven't already. But it says that God can't be mocked. So what this is saying is you can't do anything without God not knowing your intention. See, God knows, God knows exactly who we are. He knows exactly what we're up to all of the time. I did a sermon many, many years ago um, here, and uh, I, 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 I had dressed up in this costume uh, you know, I was in disguise, and it was, a, it was a, some kind of celebration we were having at the church. And I did a sermon on what would happen if you had a, a sort of little neon sign above your head that when you spoke and said something to somebody, the neon sign would print what you actually think. So you'd be like, hey, how are you? It's good to see you. And, and the sign says, no, I really don't care about you at all. I'm so glad to see you. Not really. And so what would happen if you knew that that was what was going on? Would you change anything about how your mind is operating? Well, yeah, you would. You'd want that sign to match what was coming out of your mouth. Or you'd be trying to stop yourself from saying things all the time. You'd be, you'd be putting a, a gaffer shape over that sign, trying to block it up so people couldn't see it. Well, that's how it is with God. See, God sees what you really mean. 
God sees the intention of your heart. That's why he says, if you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, he's talking about inside. How are you doing in here? See, because before I plant anything, I've already got it going on inside of me. In other words, I I am the seed bearer. And so whatever comes out of me, that's what's getting planted. Amen? All right. So I'm going to say some things you already know, but I want to talk about them again in terms of this season. We know that, number one, that sowing precedes reaping. You can't have anything until you do something. You know, a lot of people come to the Lord and they're like, well, you know, I don't know why, I don't know why things aren't happening. Or, the, or they're new to the Lord. I don't know why things aren't happening. Or maybe they've been with the Lord a while and they said, I don't know what that, what's happening. And the question would be, well, what are you doing to make sure that it is happening? See, I have to do something. That, that says I have to make sure that I'm following his decrees, that I'm careful to obey his commands. I have to live a certain life. That's what I'm putting in the ground. We can't have before we sow, but what we sow, we will reap. Putting a seed in the ground, I don't know if you've ever done that, if you've planted seeds. Maybe some of you have flowers and you've started them from a seed. And it's a wonderful thing to watch something grow. I, when I first bought my house in 1997, it was just mud there. And I, was, uh, I didn't know I was going to have all the trees that I currently have in my yard. So I was determined to have the best-looking yard in the neighborhood. I know I'm the only one who thinks like that. I, none of you are that competitive. But I... I wanted, I wanted everybody else to know that I knew what I was doing, even though I didn't really know what I was doing in the beginning. But after a while, I could, uh, in, in my yard, I had grass so thick that my lawnmower would, would stall out. The grass was that thick. Well, then I started growing trees, and I discovered that an essential ingredient to grass is sunlight. And when the trees got big, then the grass wasn't growing in the shade. This was a mystery to me. That's how much I knew about sowing and reaping. And so I was like, well. And so I I did some shopping around, and I went online, and and I went over to the co-op, and I talked to people, and I found all this wonderful grass seed that grows in shade. The truth is there is no such thing, actually. Nothing will grow in the shade. You may get some sparse little leaves here and there, but nothing will grow in the shade. And you have to figure out other ways, as I did, to put other things in your yard to cover the spots where it's bare, right? And so, but I was so serious about, you know, getting my lawn back up to that level where it was so green and so lush that I had a system. I developed a system where I could see within four days, I could see the green buds of grass growing at the top. I was so satisfied. I could do it four days. I can, I can plant that yard in four days. And, man, that was a big deal to me. That was like, man, you know. And I, and I had, a, you know, again, I had a whole system. I'd put the, I, I made sure, I, you know, I, I put the right kind of uh, nutrients on the, uh, on the ground. You know, I po- poked holes in it, spent a whole afternoon poking holes in it, you know. And then, and then I put the seed out, and then I put the, then I put the, and I would take in my yard about 28 bags of topsoil, pour it out on the ground, and then rake it all over the seed, then put fertilizer on top of that, and then water that thing religiously every single, I mean, I, all day long. It took me all day to water the ground. And I, all I did was just move the, you know, the sprinkler head, right? It, it's a full-time job. 
But in four days, I could have grass. And I was so proud of that grass. And I nurtured it, nurtured it, and watched it. And I remember one time early on, I had just done that, and, 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 I, and, and it was, and it was the, the, the seed was in the ground. I hadn't, I hadn't seen the green yet. And we had this huge rain that came. It was like, like we've had in the last couple of days. And half of my yard washed into my neighbor's yard. And to this day, he has the most beautiful grass that used to be mine. <laughs> I planted that grass. <laughs> And it's gorgeous, and he is, you know, he, and his moor stalls out on it over there. You know, it's just, it's beautiful. But that's how it is. Sometimes you plant, and sometimes it gets moved, and sometimes you have to, you know, you have to take care of what you did and how you put it in. You have to feel really good about what you're planting. You have to want something beautiful to come up. You have to desire that it be lush and green and thick. You have, to, you, have to, you have to put so much effort into it. In other words, you have to want it more than you want anything else. That's part of sowing. Sowing isn't just like, oh, okay, I'll throw, I'll throw some seed out there. In Mark 4, it talks about that, and it talks about how if you, if you do that, some's going to fall on hard places, and it won't, die, it won't live at all. Or you'll just throw it out, and, and it'll be in shallow ground where there's rock, and, and when the sun comes out, the roots will dry up, or the weeds will come and choke it out, and it'll just die. No, you've got to pay attention. You, you know, I was, I, I was talking again the other day, and I was talking about in, when I lived in Columbia, South Carolina, that house that we bought, and I, do, I was doing the same thing there. I planted a beautiful yard, and I had a small place in my yard. It was about, oh, eight inches or so, and it was, a, and it was bare, and I couldn't figure out why it, it was bare. And so I, I thought, well, there's something under there. And so I started digging, and I started digging, and I dug and I kept digging, and the hole kept getting wider. And there was a three-foot-by-three-foot three boulder underneath there that showed up as an eight-inch patch on the top. I had to have a truck come and pull that thing out of there. And, and that thing in there was stopping eight inches on the top of the soil. That's the way it is sometimes. Sometimes there are things that the enemy has logged down inside of us that is so big, it, it, it doesn't show up very much during the day. It doesn't show up very much, you know, during, as things are, are kind of flowing for us. But it's big down there, and that thing has got to come out of there before you can have grass in that place. You've got to be really careful. You've got to pay attention to what you're doing when you're sowing. And you've got to really want it to grow. You've got to pay attention to it. I, you know, I came back to the Lord in 1986, and by His grace, by his grace, I was completely delivered from all of that junk that I was in. And I am so grateful to God. But I prioritized God when I came back. And I said, you know what? I am going to find out who he is. I'm going to find out who I am in him. And I'm going to do every single thing. And I didn't know I was going to become a pastor. I just wanted to get clean. I just wanted help. And so every single thing that I did, but I did it because I purposed. I was determined. I was going to have a green lawn. In my life. Well, that means every single day. You gotta be getting that hose out there if it ain't raining. You, every single day you gotta be out there raking it. Every single day, you know, so, sometimes when that grass was so thick, I had to go out and what they call thatch it. You know, you had to rake it because the grass would get so thick that it would kill itself out because it was so thick. And sometimes I have to thin it out. You've got to pay attention to every single detail of your life. You're like, Pastor Dave, stop. You're wearing me out. Oh, yeah, life is not that easy. It is easy when what you're doing is really paying attention. 
to what you're doing, then it's very simple. But if you start forgetting, if you start getting into this little chit-chat or this little argument or this little thing over here or this little disagreement here or you're not showing love, 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 you're not showing peace, you're not doing all those kinds of things, I'm telling you things will turn sour in a minute. And you'll have more weeds in your yard than you, and you'll be like, where did all this come from? And the Lord said, it came from you. Because you haven't been paying attention. You haven't been noticing what's coming out of your mouth. You know, you're, you, when, when you, plant, you plant seeds into other people, do you know you do that? Yeah, every, every word that you say to somebody else has some kind of effect on them, and it can get inside of them. And it can harm them or it can help them. See, our job as believers is to help everybody by planting good things in everybody we know. If you've got good stuff growing in you, of course, you don't have to worry about that. All right, number two, we reap more than we sow and later than we sow. God is saying, and here's the, this is such a beautiful part of harvesting don't be surprised by the size of the harvest. It is amazing. That you, if, you take, if you take just a couple of seeds and you throw them out, those seeds will turn into more than just the two seeds. They'll become multiples of seeds, and they'll become multiples of plants. Everything that you're doing right now for the Lord. And by the way, I know that I'm talking to believers tonight. I know that I'm talking to people who love the Lord. I know I'm talking to people who are serious about their relationship with God. And so I'm saying to you tonight that what you are planting, expect, and don't be surprised, don't be blown away by how big the harvest is that's coming for you. In fact, you should, you should, you should, you should expect it. Don't, don't just expect, okay, well, you know, okay, a couple things over that, praise God. No, expect abundance. I mean, that's what Jesus said. He didn't say, well, I came to give you you know, a little bit of life. I came so that you would survive. I came so that you would just barely make it, you know. No, he said, I came so that you would have life and have it more abundantly, an abundant life. Well, how do you define abundance? Every time I put a seed in the ground, I'm, I'm saying over that seed, abundance. Every time I speak something, I'm saying abundance. Every time I'm in my house and I'm praying with my wife, I'm praying abundance. I'm not praying, we'll just make it, honey. We'll be all right. It'll be okay, I hope. No, I'm praying abundance over our lives. I've said to you, I've, and you may notice, I've kind of upped the ante a little bit. When I'm 100, I'm going to look just like this. I'm praying abundance over my life. Okay? Now, I've got to be smart. I've got to, you know, I've got to take care of myself. I, I, I get that, and I'm... I am slowly getting that. <laughs> I'm just like you. You know, there's things that I still shouldn't eat that I'm, you know, eating. Okay, I'm talking to myself. All right, praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't be surprised by the size of the harvest. In fact, expect the size of the harvest to be great. The whole word that the Lord is asked, told me to bring you tonight, I said it to those people who stood up, God wants to increase you. God wants you to expect an increase. Don't just think that tomorrow will be just another day. No, tomorrow will bring something unbelievable into your life. There's a promise that's going to be fulfilled tomorrow that didn't get fulfilled today. There's something that God will bring to you tomorrow that you didn't get today. It's like waiting for Amazon, right? You order something, 
and it's amazing how quickly they can get it to your house. But when, when you know that package is coming and you can track it, how many of you track packages? Well, a couple of you do, all right. I do, yeah. I don't know why I do. But back in the day, we had no idea when a package was coming. In fact, back in the day, we didn't even order anything. You know, we, we went to the store and bought things. How crazy is that? But when you're waiting for a package and then that package comes and it's on your porch and you see it and you go out and you grab it and you open it up and, and it's exactly what you want. That's what God wants you to be thinking about tomorrow. Tomorrow, when I open up tomorrow, wow, I, it's, it's everything that I want it to be. See, it's the opposite of all the depression and the depression and the depression that's flowing around our world right now. People are afraid of tomorrow. People are confused about tomorrow, and they're, and they're hesitant, and they don't know. No, we will be safe. We will reap abundance. God has something incredible for you tomorrow. All you have to do is get yourself, you know, okay, go to bed tonight. Go on, go to bed. Get some sleep. Don't sit up all night waiting for the package. Get some rest. It's coming. Believe that it's coming. I said believe that it's coming. And then when it comes there, praise God. Hallelujah. But don't get it in your mind. Well, I don't know when it's coming. I don't know if it's going to come. Well, I'm not sure. Well, maybe, maybe my neighbor got it. No, it's coming. Expect it to come. Amen. Amen. All right. How much we reap, number three, is in direct proportion to how much we sow. Sow often. Do it often. Sow into your life often. Sow into your loved one's life often. Sow into your friend's life often. Sow into life often. Do it regularly. Do it consistently. Do it often. Do it with conviction. Do it with determination. Don't just sort of sow. Sow! And do it many, many, many times. Sometimes you're going to have to walk through something a couple of times until you get it. It's not what we like. We like to get it on the first time, except our heads are so thick sometimes. You have to stay the course. You have to keep going. If you do, you will see the fruits. It will come to you. Number four, sowing involves faith and risk. So first of all, can anybody explain to me, really, how... It works exactly how it works. When you put a seed into ground and when it pops up, can you tell me exactly what happens? Very few of us can describe that whole process of what happens to a seed as it turns into something any more than we can explain how a caterpillar, caterpillar turns into a butterfly. We know that it does happen. And we've, you know, so I'm not under the soil, so I can't see it happen. And if I, even if I did, I still wouldn't understand how it happens. So trust the process. You don't know a thing about how God works. Well, you think you do. No, you don't. It says his ways are higher than our ways. He, he is mysterious to us because he's so far beyond us. You have no idea how God is doing what God is doing. But here's what I can tell you. God is doing something. And if you believe, according to the word, that he's doing something on your behalf, then just let God be God. Trust the process. I don't know how airplanes fly. In fact, it sounds really, I mean, if you think about it, to, to take something that weighs, I don't know how many tons an airplane weighs, that it actually can get off the ground just because it goes fast enough, that somehow it can get up, you know, 
three, four, five thousand feet or more in the air? That makes no sense to me, but it does work, doesn't it? I know the first time I got on a plane, I was really praying that all of those engineers knew exactly what they were doing. Because when that plane starts taking off, you're like, okay. You know, and I, it takes you a while, took me a while to get used to being able to look out the window. You know, looking out the window makes no difference whether the plane is going to fly or not fly. You know, so I said, oh, I, yeah, I, I'll go ahead and look out the window. It's no big deal. But, but I had no idea how it works. I have no idea how it works. But it works. God knows what he's doing. Can you say praise God? He knows what he's doing. Thank God he does. Because we don't have a clue. And really, the less we mess around with God and what he's trying to do, the better off we are. You know, we talk about this all the time, about how we pray. We pray basically telling God what we want, how we want it, and when we want it. And God's like, well, we'll see. It may not be what I have for you, right? But what we can trust is that what he has for us is exactly what we need. So don't let doubt or fear stop you from sowing. So what that means is you would have some fear, like if you, if you, like, you know, when I first moved into this neighborhood, let's say that I was afraid to try to plant for myself, and so I just didn't do anything. So the ground just sat there, no grass on it, nothing grew because I was afraid to put it out because I thought, well, if I try something, the neighbors can see me, and, and, and maybe I won't do a good job, and maybe I'll be embarrassed, and they'll be laughing. Ah, look at that guy. He doesn't know anything what he's doing over there. But, you know, my neighbors have nothing to do with me or my yard. And so, so whoever's around you or whoever's been saying things to you or has said things to you over the years, they got nothing to do with you and God. It's just you. And what you believe is more important. We can't rely on somebody else's faith to have what we have. So don't let anything stop you from sowing. You've got a dream, plant that dream. Yeah. And, and even in this time, See, I'm talking about this time. Even if, well, you know, small businesses and, and you know, all of these things are, everything's closing, everything's shutting down. No, if you've got a dream, start it. Do it in spite of what the world is experiencing. Because it's not God that's supplying. It's not the world that's supplying. It's God that's supplying. Trust God in the process. Number five, the quality of the seed determines the quality of the harvest. Well, now, doesn't that make sense? So when I was planting all of these seeds in my yard, I, I realized that to have a really good yard, I was going to have to spend a little more money than I thought I was going to have to spend because I couldn't just go and buy cheap seed. If you, get, if you buy cheap seed, you know what you get? Cheap grass. That's true. If you don't want very much, don't plant very much. If you want to just get a little bit or just get by, just plant a little bit that just doesn't really have much effect. If I had been that way when I first came back to the Lord and I was watching myself not get it, not grow at the speed that I wanted to grow at, and I was watching Barbara, she was light years ahead of me in terms of the spirit, I would have been so disappointed and so afraid to, to take a chance and trust God that I probably never would have tried. But I had to risk believing and so I had to see myself as good in spite of who I was at that moment because I had to see myself through the eyes of Christ. See, Christ is standing in front of you 
And when God looks at you, he's looking through Christ to see you. And that's what makes you righteous. But you, you've got nothing to do with that whatsoever. It's totally through the eyes of Christ, who is, by the way, interceding for us. So choose to sow good seed. Trust the seed to become what it was created to do. So when I bought that, those, that grass seed that was really expensive and I put it in, I, part of it, believe it or not, part of it was I believed that because it was expensive, it was going to be really great grass. I believed that when I put it in. And so I spoke over it, like, just like that. And it turned out to be really great grass. Well, doesn't that make sense? So what do you want in a harvest? Mediocre, so-so, some, not very much. I was talking to someone uh, earlier this month um, who was, they were struggling in life. And, and uh, they had, uh, for a time, they had uh, thrown themselves on the altar of God. And God had shown up and delivered them and gave them every single thing that they wanted. And, then, and so when they were in that moment, they delighted in the Lord. And they drank deeply from the rivers that flowed from God into their heart and into their being. And they were strong and they were vibrant. And they were alive. But then something began to happen over time. We see this happen all, all the time. The human, the soul, I've been talking about this over at uh, Exit 1. The soul is very, very, your soul is very, very strong. Your mind, your will, your determination, your psychology, your personality is very, very strong. And it's strong because Adam's soul is still in you. I was talking about how Adam named all of the animals. Well, there's only about 8.7 million different species of animals. You, you can't even pick up a book and read that in a day, much less name all of them, like off the top of your head, like Adam could. You remember when, when God put him in the garden, and by the way, the, the garden was surrounded by four rivers. This is a pretty big space. And God said, I need you to take care of this space. So here's a human being who now takes care of property that has four rivers surrounding it. What kind of superhuman physical being, mental prowess does this guy have to be able to do that? It's all I can do to take care of my three-quarters of an acre. I mean, seriously, I go out now. The other day I went out and I pruned back some plants and I had to go in the house and sit down. <laughs> I was worn out. I was like, man. <laughs> and here's Adam. He's taking care of everything, and he's not feeling a thing. See, that power in the soul. He had power in his soul. Well, when he was ejected, rejected, and, and, and rebelled and was pushed out of the garden, that part of him didn't get smaller. That soul, the reason your mind is so strong is it still has Adam going through it. It still has soul power in there. And so sometimes your mind will fight you. And it'll keep you from investing 100%. And, and that's what you have to do. You have to invest 100%. So trusting the seed to do what it was created to do means that, that you know, and we, and we 
say this quite simply, if you want an apple tree, then do not plant peaches. Well, that makes perfect sense, right? But how many of you are surprised by what's coming up? You're like, well, I thought I planted an apple. No, you didn't plant an apple. You planted this. And here's, and the other part of it is that sometimes when we plant, we don't even know what we're planting. We don't even realize that we are planting. Sometimes we just do things and we think, well, and then four or five days later or four or five months later, boom, something pops up in the middle of your living room. And you're like, dear God, where did that come from? And you're like, oh, I planted that. It is going to come up. You can trust the fact that it's going to come up and it will do what it was created to do. All right. Number six, seed sown secretly will be seen openly at the time of reaping. OMG. Every single thing that we plant, no matter when we plant it or what time of night that we plant it, someday it's going to come up. And when it comes up, everyone's going to go, oh, oh. Before I began to walk with the Lord, I, um, I, I was, believe it or not, God, and I'm grateful that this is true, but he took care of me even before I deserved to be taken care of. And actually, I was blessed before I deserved to be blessed. And I walked around. I had money and this beautiful house and a couple of cars in the garage. And, and I was in my community, one of the leaders of my community. <clears throat> and people trusted me. And people came to me, as I've shared before, they, they came to me and, and for counsel, and, and I, I said incredibly stupid things to them, and they believed everything that I told them, which was too bad for them, because I, I was a crazy person. But I remember one day I was invited, and I did this quite often, I was invited to be on the local television show, uh, like in Nashville. I, lived, I was living in South Carolina at the time. And I was a regular on this television show. In fact, I was a regular on many television shows. I was the man. And I was in the green room, and there was a, a lawyer in there, and there was a, you know, a couple of other guests who were going to go on, and some pretty important people in the town. And I remember I pulled out a pack of cigarettes. I was smoking cigarettes in those days. And I pulled out one of the cigarettes, and when I pulled it out, a joint fell out on the table. And everybody went like, oh. And somehow I tried to magically pick up the joint and make it disappear like no one had seen that. But everybody did. And I remember that everyone got up from the table and went to another part of the room. Now, what happened? Everything got exposed in that moment. Now, I didn't go to jail. How I didn't go to jail, I have no idea. Because these were important people in the community. Now, I can tell you, I stopped getting invited to certain parties. Because now I was that guy who does that. Or maybe, or maybe I just revealed something that they were also doing, and maybe that's why they didn't say anything. I have no idea. But it got exposed. Why are we surprised when people in the church are suddenly exposed and we're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this was true. But God knew it all the while. You see, because sometimes people who look like they're okay are planting things in their garden at night. 
Sometimes they're putting things in the ground when they shouldn't put things in the ground. But it will come up and it will be revealed. So all seed, all seed will eventually reveal its true nature and its true character. All seed. Just last night I, I did a sermon at uh, Exit 1 and I was talking about how we, we don't have to walk in that we don't have to walk in sorrow anymore of how we used to live, that we are free. And, and that's a, an incredible thing. And as I was preparing that sermon, I didn't say it last night, but I, I, I was reminded of a statement that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said in his I Have a Dream speech. He said, I dream of a day when my children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And that phrase right there has stuck with me all these years, the content of their character. And see, we have done something with the seed of character in America, and we've tried to turn it into something else. We have said that character has nothing to do with performance, with job performance. You know, back in 1996, we had a certain president who did a certain thing, and the Congress at that time actually said that his character had nothing to do with his performance as president. And see, when Congress does that, it changes all the rules. And so suddenly character wasn't an important seed factor. But here's the truth. If I am planting seeds that have bad character, I will reap bad character in my life. Or if I plant seeds of bad character in other people, and this is what we are so seeing, we wonder why in the world does the world look like it does right now? We planted this, folks. Especially those of us who are a little bit older. You know, I, I, I was around in the 60s, and though I, I was idealistic and believed that, you know, what we were doing was so important, and I think we did do some important things, but we planted a lot of what's going on right now this whole question authority thing, we did that. I am personally responsible for this whole movement. I'm kidding. But I feel like it sometimes. I, I sometimes jokingly say, if I had known it was going to look like this, I wouldn't have marched. I wouldn't have shown up because I thought it was going to go in a certain direction. I thought we were planting different seeds. But we thought what we were planting was one thing and what they really were was something else. You see, somebody sold us a bag of magic seeds, and we thought they had magic. They thought we could somehow transform the world into, you know, la, 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 you know, just all of this Hare Krishna. Everything is wonderful. All is one. That's a bunch of baloney, and it didn't pan out that way. And now we're reaping me, 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 selfish, 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 selfish. Isolated, isolated, isolated. I don't care about you. I don't care about you. I don't care about you. I don't care about me. That's what we've reaped. We put these seeds in the ground. We're putting more seeds like that. Barbara said to me just before I left the house, we were watching the news, and she said, and this is an old quote, give me your children and I'll give you the next 500 years. <laughs> That's what's happening. And what are we doing, my brothers and sisters? What are we planting in our children right now? What are, what are our young, what are they getting from us? Now, I'm not trying to, you know, knock anybody down right now. But I'm just saying, we have to be serious about this. When I was the teen pastor here back in the day, this was back in 2004, 
I had about 200 teams that came back there every single Sunday. It was packed out. And, man, we had some great times. We had some crazy times, but we had some good, we had some good times. And I would, do, I would do what I call open mic. I would give a microphone to a teenager, which you better be prayed up, and say, ask me any question you want. You better be prayed up because that teenager will ask you some questions. And so I let them do that. And as I listened to their questions, I was saying to myself, where are they getting this information? Why are they thinking this way? While their parents were in here, hallelujah, glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. And they were telling me about the beer and the ice and the fridge and, and the booze up in the cabinets and all of these things. That's what they were telling me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But why should I be surprised? We're all human. So I, I get that we're imperfect. But you have to know that what you're planting, you're going to reap. You think you're having a casual conversation with somebody and that's just a casual conversation? No, you are sowing deeply into another person, and especially if they're a young person. And we have to be conscious of this. We are the light. We are the salt. We are the, the very thing that this world needs right now. You know all this noise that we're hearing? We could stop it. We could. Pastor Dave, you must be kidding. There's only a few of us. No, there's millions of us. <laughs> there's more of us than there are of them, actually. We're a huge population. And if every one of us dropped, you know, dropped down on our knees one day, every single one of us, you remember the Tower of, Tower of Babel? Remember what happened when they did that? They almost reached heaven. The, the, the Lord said, man, when they get together, nothing can stop them. That's what the Lord said. Have we forgotten that? Why aren't we all planting the same seeds at the same time to get the harvest that we want, that we desire? Man, why is the country so messed up? We're doing it ourselves because we're not paying attention to what we're doing. Okay, as Pastor William would say, don't shout me down. All right, hallelujah. Number seven, we do the sowing and God brings the increase. Plant what you have when you can. That's all there is to that. Whatever you have right now, just plant that. Wherever you are right now, just plant that. God's okay with that. Just plant it. Trust it. You don't have to, you don't have to be where you're going to be in five years from now. Just plant what you're going to plant. What, plant what you have right now. Let God do what he promises to do with the seed. See, on top of every seed, there's promise. Promise. Number eight, the one who reaps is not always the same one as the one who sows. I told you about my neighbor having all of my grass. Sometimes the seed is not for you. You know, if we spent a little more time with this reality, most of the time who and what we are as believers is really for other people. You see, the kingdom of God can only grow if we stand up if we take responsibility, if we seek God. Because then people will see us. And people will, you know, God is judged because of us. People say, well, I don't know about that God because of that, that guy. Well, we're the ones who have to make God look good. And if that's what we do, then we will be planting seeds. And we're supposed to sow into the lives of other people all the time. We're sowing into the futures. Everything that you do is about the future. I'm, everything that you do. Everything that you do is about the future. All right. 
Number nine, pray over the seeds we have sown. What? Pray over the seed. Now, that's a novel idea. Oh, you mean when I put something in the ground, I should pray over it? Well, yeah. We shouldn't be doing anything that we're not praying over. Prayer makes things grow, does it not? Prayer makes things happen, does it not? Get into agreement with God about what you're sowing. We do it in every other part of our lives, but every time you put something into the ground, you're like, well, what do you mean, Pastor Dave, when I put something in the ground? When you wake up tomorrow and you have a conversation, whatever comes out of your mouth right then, that's sowing. And if you aren't prepared to reap what you're about to come out of your mouth, so, I'll, you know, here's my example. I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I do not like 5 o'clock in the morning at all, okay? I used to do that in the military. I'm not in the military now, but I only get up for one reason, and that's because Barbara has to get up at 5 o'clock in order to get out of the house by 7. I can get up at 5 till 7 and be out by 7. This is not possible for Barbara. Okay, so but there we go. So we get up at 5. I take care of the dogs. I care, take care of breakfast. I take care of making coffee. I take care of making her lunch, and then, you know, so I used to, you know, I used to pat myself on the back. And I'd be like, man, you know, hey, guys, you know, I'm a husband. I get, up, I get up and I take care of my wife in the morning. And then one day God said to me, yeah, but you are not pleasant to be around in the morning. Nobody, have you noticed that the, even the dogs don't hang out with you in the morning? And I was like, what do you mean? He said, look, look at your attitude. You don't like getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and so you're a grouse. And so I had to go, oh, my gosh, here I was doing this great thing, and I really wasn't. In fact, Barbara probably would have preferred that I go back to bed, right? And so I changed my attitude. And you know what? It's very different at 5 o'clock. I still don't like getting up, but I'm okay to be around. Why? I had to change what I was planting. I was planting seeds. You know, Barbara would come home in the afternoon, and we'd, like, get into a little thing. Well, why did, I, why did that happen? Because I planted it at 5 o'clock in the morning. It's really so simple if we just pay attention. But you have to pay attention. Prayer keeps the seed safe. Prayer keeps the seed safe. Get into agreement with God about the harvest. What kind of harvest do you want? What do you, what do you really want? Here you are in the middle of your life. What do you want out of this life? What do you want out of this life that you're living right now? Where do you want to be in a year? Where do you want to be in five years? Because you're planting it right now. What motivates you to plant a good crop? What's the incentive? The incentive has to be that you know that there will be a harvest that you can enjoy. Amen. All right. Number 10. Our harvest is determined by what we do while we wait. Uh-huh. I see. Oh, you mean after I put it in the ground, then there's something else that I have to do? Yeah, I have to wait for it to mature. Well, how long is that going to take, Pastor Dave? Well, I don't know. How long will it take? And why is that important? Why is it important for us to have stuff now? Why is it important for us to need things tomorrow? Why, why does Amazon even exist? Because we want stuff now. 
If, you know, and I've had this happen. I've ordered something in the morning or late at night, and the next day, by noon, I had it. And I, it's wonderful. But why do I have to have it tomorrow? Well, what's so important about anything that I have to have it tomorrow? Why are you so concerned about something that you don't have yet if you know that it is coming and that God promised you can have it? Why are you putting a ticking machine on it and measuring it by time itself? Time is meaningless. It has no value whatsoever except to make us aggravated. Time is an irritant. It's like something that gets under our skin. We need to stop worrying about time. You know, time doesn't even exist for God. God sees yesterday the same way he sees today, the same way he sees the future. I mean, that makes smoke come out of my ears. I have no idea what that means. But we are the only ones who are concerned about time. And because of that, I'm conscious. I'm sitting out in my chair, my lawn chair. I've just put the seed. I've just raked the topsoil. I've just watered the ground. Now I bring my chair out. And I sit down on the porch, and I wanna, I'm going to wait for it to grow. So that means that I have to sit there for a minimum of four days waiting for it to come up. And I have had times when my little magical formula didn't exactly work, and it took like five or six days. So now that means I've got to go outside, sit in my chair, whatever's going on, cold, hot, rain, night, I'm going to sit out of my chair, and I'm going to wait until I see it come up. And by the way, when I first see it coming up, it's really not harvest yet. You know, if you go out, if you've got corn out there, and you see it come up, and you chop it down, you won't have corn. You will have nothing. You, all you would have done is killed the thing that would turn into something. So it means that once you start seeing it come up, once you start seeing it mature, once you start seeing it happen, that's just the beginning you're going to have to wait a little more until it's mature. Oh, mature. <laughs> and it says in the word in Ephesians 4.11 that God establishes what we call the five-fold ministry, apostles, teachers, evangelists, prophets, teachers. He says that they were established so that the whole body could become Mature. Now, he did that a long time ago, and we're not mature yet, my brothers and sisters, as much as we would like to think we are. Oh, yes, we're ready. We're ready for the second coming of the Lord. No, we're not. Seriously. We, 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 we don't even understand what God is doing in this moment, much less what he's going to be doing in the future moment. No, I need to grow up. I don't like it. I don't like the process. I want to be told that I'm already grown up, <laughs> but I'm not. And I'm older than many of you, and I'm still not grown up. But that's okay. There's something that's okay about still growing. See, I love the fact that tomorrow I can learn something new about God. I really, really love that. One of the delights of my life right now is that I get to spend the entire day, if that's what I want to do, in the Word of God, just poking around, reading this. I don't know how many sermons I started since Monday, maybe eight or nine or ten. I don't know how many hours I spent. I spend several hours, several hours, several hours, several hours, every single day. I'm not just bragging. I'm just saying this is what I get to do. And I love the discovery 
I'm teaching a Bible study on Tuesday nights, and we've just walked through the doctrines, and, 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 and just uh, last night we walked through um, a, a, you know, another aspect. We, and I love doing all the research for that. I love speaking it. I love sharing it. I love giving it. And I know that I'm planting something. I know that, I'm, that, that something's you know, growing inside of me. I am becoming more mature. And I have, no law, I have no idea how long it's going to take. So if you're younger than me, it's going to take at least this long for most of us. Though God can drop something in you at any moment because he desires or because he wants to or because he sees that you will do something with it. See, of all the things that God appreciates, if you will, is what will you do with the harvest? What are you going to do? with what comes up. How are you going to use it? How's it going to manifest in your life? What will you do with it? And if what God sees is that you will not only just give it away, but that you will give him glory for it, for the growth of it, for the harvest itself, he will bless you beyond imagination. You have the ability tonight to change your whole life and I, again I'm talking to believers I'm not talking to people who people who need to come up here and get you know saved I'm not talking about people who need to come up and rededicate their lives I'm talking about people who know God who trust God who believe in God who love God who are seeking God who want to please God people who have a measure of faith People have put some things in the ground. I'm talking about you have the ability tonight to change the rest of your life tonight. And that's just by paying a little more attention to what you're doing with what God has given you. Father, I thank you tonight for your spirit which reveals everything to us and I pray that what you are revealing to us tonight is that you are the sower, we are the seed, but that like any tree, like any plant, we too have seed that in abundance within us and that we are now meant to plant ourselves. And that as we put that seed in the ground, that it also again will return and there'll be more and there'll be more and there'll be more. And so, Father, I thank you that you have taught us and desire for us to know. You want to reveal yourself to us in such a way so that we will have everything you meant us to have, which means everything that you meant for Adam to have originally, you mean for us to have now, because that is what redemption and the cross was all about, to restore us so that we can have. And Father, we don't say that in a greedy manner. We say that because we are so grateful that you have given us this life and your word and the possibility and the growth of your word in us that's planted in us to do all things through Christ Jesus. Lord, keep us awake. Keep us awake. Don't let us fall asleep and just be casual about anything. Let us be so careful about every tiny detail so that we can produce the most remarkable harvest called our lives. 
And so we praise you and we give you thanks and we glorify you in this place. In Jesus' name. And the saints of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you all.